Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQBD in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. New emails, texts, and depositions released this week in Dominion Voting System's billion-dollar lawsuit against Fox News provide even more evidence that the network's hosts and executives did not believe former President Donald Trump's claims of a stolen 2020 election or that there was massive voter fraud tied to Dominion. Tucker Carlson wrote to his colleagues in November 2020, the whole thing seems insane to me. Yet, Carlson and others promoted the claims on air anyway. We'll look at what this means for the defamation case, for Fox News, and for media's obligation to the truth. Join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. In the weeks after the 2020 election, Fox News amplified President Trump's and his allies' claims of a stolen election to its viewership of millions, including their claims that shady and vulnerable voting machines by Dominion played a role in Trump's loss. Here's Sean Hannity in November of 2020. Nobody liked Dominion voting systems. Nobody. Why we would use a system that everybody agreed sucked or had problems is beyond me. Hannity said this in an on-air interview with Trump attorney Sidney Powell. And we now know from legal briefs in the defamation lawsuit against Fox News that Hannity believed it was, quote, obvious Powell's allegations against Dominion voting systems were false. In a text, he called her a lunatic. Well, this week, even more court documents were made public, showing Fox News hosts deriding the election conspiracies that they aired. And this hour, we take a closer look at the Dominion case, which is set to go to trial next month. And joining me is Sarah Ellison, a reporter who covers media and its intersection with politics and technology for The Washington Post. Sarah, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Sarah. Are you there? And while we get that connection with Sarah, let me just also ask listeners for 
Their questions and comments about the case, if they have read about it thus far, whether they watch Fox News and whether or not these revelations have changed your view of the network that have been coming out for the last, oh, three weeks or so. And even if you don't watch Fox News, do you think the network has affected your life in some way, your relationships or your political views? You can tell us by emailing forum at kqed.org, finding us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. And you can always call us, 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Sarah Ellison, welcome. Yes. Hi. So sorry about that. Thanks for having me. Really glad to have you. This defamation lawsuit against Fox News by Dominion Voting Systems. Remind us what Dominion is accusing Fox News of doing. Dominion is accusing Fox of intentionally misrepresenting the nature of Dominion's involvement in the results of the 2020 election in order to hold on to an audience that falsely believed that the election was stolen and that Dominion played some role in flipping votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Interestingly, Dominion is, um, you know, these, these kinds of cases are incredibly rare, but Dominion has laid out hundreds of pages of um, documents and exhibits to bolster their case. And they are saying that Fox News harmed them by knowing what they were saying was false, but doing so in order to maintain their hold on an audience that was full of Trump supporters and angry at Fox News for making a call, an accurate call, I might add, that the state of Arizona had switched um, Mm. to Joe Biden. Well, let me give our listeners a sense of what you're describing in terms of what Fox News was playing about Dominion voting systems. Here's Fox host Maria Bartiromo talking with Trump attorney Sidney Powell. Welcome back. I'm back with Sidney Powell, who is part of President Trump's legal team in contesting this election. Sidney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. That's to put it mildly, the computer glitches could not and should not have happened in, at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. We need an audit of all of the computer systems that uh, played any role in this fraud whatsoever. So, Sarah, you talked about how uh, the Dominion lawsuit revealed how Fox News would air these things, but that privately employees thought Sidney Powell's claims were sometimes, quote, ludicrous or even mind-blowingly nuts and so on. And you're saying that they've laid out a lot of information along these lines. But still, as we know, defamation cases are hard to win. What will Dominion have to prove to win this defamation case? You raise such a good point um, because defamation cases and libel cases are very difficult to win in this country because we have such strong protections um, for freedom of the press. And what you have to prove and what Dominion is going to have to prove is that Fox acted with actual malice or reckless disregard for the truth. And those are standards that were laid out by a case um, that reached the Supreme Court court called the New York Times v. Sullivan. And it's a case that essentially established that you have to get inside the head of whatever entity or whatever person was reporting this information inaccurately. And you have to prove that they knew 
that it was false, but said it anyway. And so these voluminous records and these internal message messages that Dominion has been able to get its hands on through discovery of what Fox hosts were saying back and forth to one another or what Rupert Murdoch was saying to his Fox News executives, um, what they've been able to do is essentially get inside the head of Fox News in general and show, and what their argument is, is that these people didn't believe what they were putting on the air. You have been talking with a lot of legal experts, Sarah. Do they think that this evidence that Dominion is putting forward is pretty strong, <laughs> that it could really, really strengthen their case against Fox, and that they actually do have what it takes to get over this very high bar of showing what were in the minds of the people who were saying the things that were, they were saying? Um, it's an in, it's such an interesting case for um, First Amendment and defamation experts in the law, because most cases like this, most defamation cases re revolve around a single moment or a single sentence in a newspaper article or one thing, one special that aired um, on a television news program. And what you have in this case that is so unusual is not that one incident. You have months and months of coverage involving dozens of on-air personalities, producers, executives, and Dominion has been able to kind of gather these individual bricks of evidence. This is a way that it was described to me by a, um, a, a great defamation law expert. And what, what is unusual about the case is all of this evidence um, has to come together and make a very strong case that Fox knew what they were putting on air was false. And it is almost universal um, when I speak to these legal experts that they say that Dominion has an incredibly strong case and we have never seen a case quite like this. Now, no one can discount what a jury is going to do. And we have yet to hear, um, obviously, Fox has made its its arguments clear in, in motions, but we have yet to hear um, exactly what their, their arguments will be in the trial. But it's a very strong case. Even though we have yet to hear what Fox's arguments will be in the trial, how do you think they're planning to defend themselves? What do you think they'll say? Well, Fox has represented in motions that um, there was a reason that, that this was a newsworthy set of statements, that the president himself was espousing the idea that the election was stolen, his representatives and his lawyers were doing the same, and that this was newsworthy information, even if it was false information, and that they were simply reporting on it. And that even if you're reporting on someone who is is saying something false, if it's newsworthy, it's fair game for a news organization to do that. The question is, is going to be, um, were they simply reporting on it, honestly, or were they themselves promoting some of these examples um, in a way that, that would indicate and would implicate um, Fox above and beyond just sort of a neutral reporting position that, say, a person at a newspaper would normally take or even at another news organization. Hmm. Well, we invite our invited our listeners to share their thoughts or reactions to what's coming out about Fox in this Dominion lawsuit, whether they watch it and have had revelations or possibly have changed their views of the network, or if they don't watch Fox News or believe in Fox News, if they still feel like it's affected 
their life. And this listener tweets, like a fungus on a tree of uncertain health, Fox News has battened on and promoted the rotting of the polity's ability to properly gather and process data. This has affected me by leaving many of the voters in the most powerful nation on earth unfit to rule it at all wisely. I would hazard a guess that most of our listeners are not avid Fox News viewers. (laughs) Mm, But mm. what would you say about why we need to care about this particular case and Fox News being potentially held accountable or not held accountable in defamation after some of the behavior that's come out uh, in this discovery process? Um, Well, as I mentioned before, I mean, there are are very few... um, cases like this. The last case like this that I covered was Sarah Palin suing the New York Times for a single editorial that um, she objected to and she said had hurt her reputation and falsely hurt her reputation. And the New York Times issued two corrections on that story and won that case. Um, The difference here is that we are talking about an immensely powerful news operation that was reporting on a conspiracy theory that brought the nation to the brink of what many people call an attempted coup and an effort to overturn the results of a presidential election. So the stakes couldn't be higher in terms of the story that we're talking about. This is not just, um, you know, a baker down the street was written about by the local newspaper and feels that that newspaper harmed his reputation. This is a story that really went to the heart of our democracy. And the power that Fox holds is pretty significant over a large, you know, portion of its viewers. Um, it, it, there's sort of never been a media political story quite like this one. And it's, that's why it's so captivating as you had, um, a sitting president of the United States espousing a conspiracy theory that was, you know, has been not proven and has been knocked out of court every time um, he or his lawyers have brought have have brought a political action and so it or sorry excuse me a legal action and so it's really something that is um, it's very high stakes and and even people who don't watch Fox sort of live in the world of Fox. Hmm. Sarah Ellison is a staff writer for The Washington Post, and you can join the conversation at 866-733-6786 by emailing forum at kqed.org or finding us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. More after the break. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Here's what we're talking about tomorrow. It's been a crushing winter for Californians. Now more storms are on the way. We want to know how you've been affected. You can tell us before the show by emailing forum at kqed.org or by leaving a voicemail at 415-553-3300. Today, we're talking about the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News by Dominion Voting Systems and hearing about the impact Fox News has had and is having on our democracy and culture. And you, our listeners, are joining the conversation with your thoughts and questions at 866-733-6786. Let me go to Frank in Mill Valley. Hi, Frank. You're on. Thank you for putting this front and center. Um, I have a, a statement and a question for Ms. Ellison, and that is I'm a trial lawyer in San Francisco who's been practicing for over 40 years in in large part or in part in this very space, this First Amendment. And I utterly believe in the, the case you guys are referring to as the, the gold standard, the New York Times versus Sullivan. But in that period of time, I have never, ever seen a case with as much evidence of malice as this one. And it's my understanding, Ms. Ellison, that the Dominion submission of all these bricks was in part of a summary judgment motion. And, and that, to me, is significant because asking the court for summary judgment means that no reasonable juror could possibly rule any other way. And therefore, the judge is allowed to take the case from a jury and rule right now. Have you, and if, if that's the case, do you believe that the statements, including Murdoch uh, last week, saying that mm -hmm. he thought Trump was a madman and he wants to fire several of his anchors, do you believe that these bricks add up to a summary judgment case against Fox? Frank, thanks. Sarah, what do you think? Um, well, if I were a lawyer, I would be much better able to um, <laughs> to to come down with the definitive answer for that. But all I can say is that we are going to hear oral arguments um, for that but for that motion for summary judgment later this month, and um, you know every expert that I've talked to has sort of echoed your sentiment that they have never seen a case with quite this level of evidence. Um, that being said, you know, uh, summary judgment is a very high bar and it's it's difficult to reach. And I wouldn't want to say one way or the other, but we are going to hear on March 21st some oral arguments around the those motions. And um, I, for one, will be watching very astutely to see how that turns out. And again, Sarah Ellison, a staff writer for The Washington Post. I also want to bring Jeremy W. Peters into the conversation now, a reporter who covers the media and its intersection with politics, culture, and law for The New York Times. He's also author of the of Insurgency, How Republicans Lost Their Party and Got Everything They Ever Wanted. Jeremy, welcome back to Forum. Thank you for having me. I don't know if you were able to hear uh, that last question there from no, Frank. No, I was. Yes. I'd love to get your reaction because I know you know very well how hard it is to win defamation cases as well. And just before the break, Sarah Ellison and I were just talking about how, you know, the overwhelming amount of evidence in this case that really gets into the heads of Fox News hosts and the differentiations between what they were thinking and what they were saying on air and telling their audience. But do you think that's enough? And, and what do you think about the summary judgment possibility? I mean, it's it's very unlikely that this case will be decided uh, in the next few weeks. I mean, it, it's going to go to a jury. 
Uh, and I think it's likely that it will get narrowed somewhat. So the stuff that we are seeing now in the headlines is very interesting and is very relevant to the case. But I think that we also need to consider the possibility that a lot of it doesn't get in front of a jury. Um, Mm. That said, I think it's very likely that, you know, this case involved like it, there, there will be witnesses and testimony unlike anything we've ever seen in front of uh, a courtroom for a major media organization on trial like Janine Pirro, Maria Bartiromo, maybe even Rupert Murdoch will be witnesses and they'll be called to the stand and that is so unusual for a case like this like that just doesn't happen because as you guys were talking about earlier usually these cases are settled out of court so much so so much faster than you and i are like we're not we usually wouldn't even be talking about this kind of stuff well one of the things that has also been sort of incredible (laughs) throughout this is how the dominion discovery is also making clear the motivation behind this discrepancy between what executives and anchors thought about the claims against Dominion right. and against election fraud um, and a stolen election claim by Donald Trump and his allies um, and what they were saying on air. Can you talk a little bit about what really jumped out at you or, or can you help explain to our listeners yeah. what it's showing about the motivation of Fox to do this? So I think the person who is most exposed about this kind of stuff is Tucker Carlson. Here you have a guy who told his producers in the texts and emails that we have now seen that he did not believe there was voter fraud enough to change the election, that he did not believe people like Sidney Powell, uh, Mike Lindell. um, And to this day, he is on the air saying that he thinks that the election was somehow rigged. I mean, why Fox would allow him to be on the air saying that kind of stuff right now is beyond me. I, I, it, Tucker Carlson, I think, has, has revealed himself to be somebody who tells his audience what they want to hear, what he knows will be popular. And he's at one point, Asking his producers, we now know from the text messages and emails that we've seen in this case, to find him dead voters, to find him people who have like voted fraudulently. And it just doesn't happen. The other thing that it really showed Sarah Ellison was just how freaked out they were about the initial ratings drop they were experiencing after the election itself when they weren't necessarily going the way of like Newsmax or OAN and, and really endorsing full-throatedly the election conspiracies. Absolutely. Um, there was, you know, Fox, just to back up for a moment, Fox has been in an incredibly dominant position in the cable news landscape for decades. It is consistently the highest rated um, cable news channel and Tucker Carlson in particular um, is the highest rated host 
on the highest rated cable news network. And so Fox has a tremendous audience and really prides itself um, on its hold over that audience. And what happened, um, you know, just taking, taking a little time machine back to the 2020 election is that Fox News was the first channel to call um, a very critical state, Arizona, for Joe Biden. And when that state was projected to win, when Biden was projected to win that state of Arizona, which Fox News called much earlier than anyone else, um, the outcome of the election seemed much more certain. And the entire Trump orbit went into overdrive calling and um, yelling at all of the people in Fox News's control room. And what you saw the next day from the moment that Fox called that, when they were not successful, when sorry, when Trump's circle was not successful in getting the call overturned, is that Donald Trump went to war with Fox News and his viewers defected in droves. And inside Fox, what we see through these documents is how concerned they were about that. And the phrase that keeps coming up again and again is that Fox News's audience felt disrespected. They felt, um, you know, the executives and the anchors were worried that that they were sort of spitting in the face of their viewers by telling them the truth. And so everyone um, in, in some of these documents sort of backed up and said, we're going to need to respect our audience and not um, sort of have to lead them there slowly. We're going to have to let these arguments air out on the air, even though, and Tucker Carlson says um, at certain points, he says, it's disgusting. I want to look away. Um you know, the, the kinds of messages that Jeremy was referring to are very much there. And they were all concerned, however, that what they had built over these 20 plus years was going away over this one really accurate call in Arizona, and then later the election. Yeah, there. Here, I have a couple of examples here of tape in the post, in the weeks post the November 2020 election, um, where both Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity are are trying to make this transition and trying to show respect for the audience because of this fear of the ratings drop. Let me play Tucker Carlson first. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. In case you haven't noticed, it's hard to trust anything you hear right now. We've heard you. We're grateful that you trust us and we will try to be worthy of your trust. Here's Sean Hannity. I could care less what the fake, phony, selective outrage from the media mob is. I am not interested, nor do I think any of us should be interested in what they tell us they find offensive. Uh, the sanctimonious, high-minded, phony concern all of a sudden about American democracy. We frankly don't need lectures about truth, about integrity, from what is a depraved group of Democratic donors, the media mob, uh, and Democrats that never accepted the results of 2016. We've got a couple of listener comments I should probably read. Celeste writes, I feel very strongly that Fox hosts who have lied to the American public should pay and even be prosecuted because they are and have been for years willfully dividing the country on an hourly and daily basis simply to increase their ratings to make more money. Tens of millions of people believe their lies about everything from the false claims of fraud in the election to climate change. And that public opinion is seriously damaging our country. Shame on them. They really need to be exposed to their viewers. I can't talk to people in my family because they believe what is said on Fox, which isn't news. 
You know, Jeremy, as we are hearing these hosts, the most popular opinion hosts on Fox trying to win their audience back, one of the things that you really also exposed is just how much they were concerned about Fox News, the business. Uh, Can you just Mm -hmm. describe a little bit about some of the things that they said around that that has been also revealed in this discovery? So what happened after November 3rd, 2020 is very interesting because Fox News did something that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like they were telling the truth. They have this decision desk that Rupert Murdoch himself commissioned because he didn't trust the mainstream media like the New York Times and the Washington Post and uh, NBC News uh, to be a part of where he let Fox News pollsters and analysts go out on their own to project the election results. And I think if you will remember, um, in 2012, Karl Rove had this meltdown on the air where he said, you know, Obama was never going to win Ohio. It was too early for Fox News to be calling uh, Ohio for Obama. And, you know, guess what? Fox News was right. So they have this history of actually projecting these elections in the right way. Well, fast forward to 2020, and it happens in the most destructive way imaginable for their audience. And you have a what's different now is you have a president who is willing to use his platform to attack Fox News. And he encourages people to switch the channel. And they do. And so Fox News, as we've seen in these emails and text messages uh, among producers and hosts and executives, is they are panicking. Their ratings are falling in a way that you I don't think you would have seen before. Uh, uh, There's a new CEO. Her contract is being negotiated. Her name is Suzanne Scott. Her name may not be familiar to a lot of your listeners. It wasn't even that familiar to me as someone who was covering media before I I, I started writing about the story several months ago. And she decides that under no mean, like uh, there's no way under her watch that they are going to lose viewers. And so what you see is Fox pivoting. And she describes this in many emails where that pivot means Fox is basically going to tell its viewers that this election was stolen. And Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and all these people we know to be, you know, according to Dominion, very unreliable narrators of the story are front and center. And that is at the heart of Dominion's case. It's that Fox, you know, it, it, it's, it's not enough, you know, to prove that Fox put lies on the air they have to prove that they did so recklessly and i mean anyone who's seeing the emails now from sydney powell and her advisors or or rudy giuliani has to understand dominion would argue that they just are not reliable people yeah and you you see things like Anchors who are fact-checking the president's comments, you know, being in in a tough position because they did that. Tucker Carlson demanding one 
Fox News reporter be fired because she fact-checked a, a Trump claim right. about Dominion and then Tucker saying she's hurting the brand, she's hurting the stock price, which again, I think Dominion is trying to point out, as you say, Jeremy, you know, the real reasons behind the way they did this pivot. I want to take this call from Diane in San Francisco. Hi, Diane, you're on. Thank you. My question is, at what point is Fox no longer allowed to refer to themselves as new? And I'll take the answer off the air. Thank you. Hmm. Sarah, I know you need to leave us at the break. Do you want to take a first stab at Diane's question? <laughs> sure, of course. Um, um, I mean, there were a few messages that we saw, in particular, I would say, from Rupert Murdoch, um, whose family controls Fox News. He co-founded Fox News with Roger Ailes many years ago. And there are a few messages from him that you see directly that he's very concerned about the outcome of the Senate race, um, the Senate races and the Georgia runoff in, um, you know, at the time when these are still live elections. And, And what he wants is for Fox News to do everything we can, quote, to help in Georgia. He asks if it's possible that, um, for example, one of his hosts, Lou Dobbs, had spoken out very aggressively against Senator Lindsey Graham. And Rupert Murdoch wants to sort of salvage the reputation of Lindsey Graham. And he asks another host to maybe say something nice about Lindsey Graham to be able to balance that out. He mm. wants people to kind of hammer on the message that Joe Biden is in his basement. Um, and he says directly, if we keep the message sort of out there and if we hammer on it, it will get people talking and it will convert, change people's minds. So those are the kinds of messages that people are really zeroing in on and saying that Fox is not operating. I mean, this is certainly why Dominion is including those messages in these um, exhibits. One of their arguments is that Fox is not motivated by the truth. Fox is motivated by politics and by not offending certain politicians such as Donald Trump. But they're also motivated largely, or Rupert Murdoch is very well known for this, um, motivated towards a particular political outcome. And that gets very close to what your um, listener is asking. And certainly it's not up to journalists to say whether Fox is a news organization or not, but it is up to the FTC or the FCC. So we'll see if anyone starts to look into this as the case continues. Mm. Well, this listener writes, this is why the Fairness Doctrine was needed to prevent on-air demagoguery. Our country is at risk of failure due to Fox's greed. Sarah Ellison, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Sarah Ellison, staff writer at The Washington Post, who covers media and its intersection with politics and technology. Jeremy Peters is sticking around with The New York Times, who covers the media and its intersection with politics, culture, and the law. You, our listeners, stay with us after the break. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News by Dominion Voting System. In hearing your thoughts on the case, your thoughts on the impact Fox News has had on our culture, your thoughts on whether or not it has an obligation to the truth and is meeting that obligation. Jeremy W. Peters wrote Insurgency, How Republicans Lost Their Party and Got Everything They Ever Wanted, which had quite a an in-depth look also at Fox and the media's role with the GOP. He's a reporter who covers the media and its intersection with politics, culture, and the law. You, our listeners, are weighing in with your thoughts and questions. Paul writes, if Fox was, quote, reporting on Trump's statements, then they should have been reporting that they were lies. That omission amounts to an endorsement of the statements being true, even though they knew otherwise. If Dominion doesn't win this case, we may as well eliminate libel laws from the books. Another listener writes... Fox is one side of the coin. CNN and MSNBC are the other. Those that point the finger at Fox and not CNN or MSNBC show their bias. Let me go to caller. Do you have a comment on either of those, Jeremy? Uh, No, I do. Um, I I, I think like the heart of this case is exactly as you said, proving what they knew when they knew it. And while that is very difficult, a lot of the evidence that we've seen so far points to evidence that Tucker Carlson and not just Tucker Carlson, like people that we don't know the names of because they're not like household names, the producers who were in spot, who were responsible for Maria Bartiroma's show for Lou Dobbs's show um, shows that like I've, you know, I did, I admit I didn't really watch during the election. They, knew what they were putting on the air was a lie. And there is plenty of evidence to support that. Hmm. Let me go to caller Colin next. Hi, Colin, you're on. Good morning. Um, Not to defend Fox, but uh, a classmate of mine, Jennifer Griffin, works there as a national security uh, reporter. And, you know, she actually took some flack for... Um, having reported that President Trump had called fallen soldiers um, losers. Um, so, you know, that's I, that's one person with integrity who still works there. Um, I'm not right. going to defend Tucker Carlson or those other people, but, um, you know, just for the sake of balance, I'd wanted to put that out. Yeah, Colin, I appreciate you doing that. And, and to be honest, Jeremy, this is what I hear a lot. Like, okay, these yeah. are the opinion journalists who are the most, you know, incendiary, for example, right, Hannity, uh, Carlson and Ingram and and right. that like the Brett Bears and, and in Collins case, Jennifer Griffin, like they, they are the people who bring the news side to Fox News. And right. that's why it should be called that. What do you think about that argument? I think it's exactly correct. Um, Brett Bear, I put in a different category because I think that what we've seen uh, the reporting from my colleagues and uh uh, others is Brett Baer has proved himself to be somebody who's willing to say what the audience wants, regardless. Jennifer Griffin, your caller is exactly correct, is a journalist of immense integrity. And there are people like at Fox who 
who, who they work there and they they do their jobs. They put their head downs and they've stood up to Trump. And this is what I meant earlier when I was saying that like it was kind of this remarkable thing that Fox did where they projected that Trump would lose the election. And while there are journalists there who are willing to stick their necks out and make calls like that, I think now because of this lawsuit, because of the backlash that they saw from their viewers, you can expect fewer stuff like that. And I I would hope that Jennifer Griffin is still able to keep doing her job. She's an excellent reporter. Um, but what this lawsuit has has revealed is that people who speak their minds and who tell the audience what they don't want to hear are their, their jobs are on the line. Well, one of the other points, though, that I have heard listeners express before is that the Brett Bears and so on of the world are actually enabling or are used to legitimize essentially the propaganda from opinion hosts by, you know, it's kind of like by having something that is viewed as more accurate or neutral or even going against what the opinion hosts are saying. For example, we had that crazy situation where Tucker Carlson plays that really edited footage of the January 6th attack that suggests that nothing really happened. And then, you know, later that night you have Brett Baer airing a program that basically pushes back on Tucker's entire claim. Right. And, and, and like what I don't understand is why Tucker is still allowed to do that. Um, The Fox is in the middle of this lawsuit where, you know, they are being held accountable for, their hosts telling lies that led to the events of January 6th. And what's so puzzling to me is, and and I don't purport to be able to get inside Tucker Carlson's brain, but I think a lot of it is just an extension of what you and I have been talking about, which is this desire for ratings and relevance. And what they want to do is tell their audience whatever they think the audience wants to hear. Now, I will say they think their audience wants to hear because a lot of these people like Tucker have revealed themselves to not fully understand the Trump audience. You have Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News. You have Rupert Murdoch. You have Tucker Carlson himself saying that they think that the GOP is going to be done with Trump. After January 6th, after the election, he'll be a non-figure. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not a psychic, um, but I could have told you back in January of 2021 that that was not going to be the case. Donald Trump continues and will continue to have a hold over this Republican Party until voters decide otherwise. It's not up to Mitch McConnell or Mitt Romney or any of these other politicians or Tucker Carlson even, who I reported in my book that I'm so glad you mentioned like at the top of this this call. But Tucker Carlson was telling people in 2020 that he was voting for Kanye West. That's how little he thinks of Donald Trump. And he's always thought very little of Donald Trump. And so I think what's been revealed is that many of the power brokers at Fox in the Republican Party and beyond just are going along with this because they think they have to. 
Well, let's talk about some of the potential outcomes of this case and the impact that it could have. Eric writes, for example, if the decision goes against Fox, would a $1.6 billion judgment effectively shut Fox down? No, it wouldn't. Um, And I know that $1.6 billion sounds like a lot of money. Um, I'm not uh, I'm I'm not going to be on the jury. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't think they're going to get that much to begin with. But even if Fox were to have to pay that much money, they have, as 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 their recent earnings report showed us, five, four or five billion dollars cash on hand. So no, the 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 cost to Fox is not going to be in the money. It's going to be in the court of public opinion among their viewers and and those who don't watch who uh who 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 you know the jury in this case will hold them responsible if if indeed that's what happens. Hmm. Well, this listener wants to know how wide is this discovery? Well, we know much of Fox's partisan right. coverage of COVID response affected the hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths in the pandemic. Does Dominion have a need to establish a pattern of dishonesty and could this result in wider discovery in a jury trial? They do need to establish a pattern of dishonesty. Um, that's a very good question. Um, and your listener would be uh, probably fascinated to learn that Fox did not anticipate the discovery would be as wide as it is now. What they have, Dominion side, is the personal cell phones of Rupert Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch, and Fox hosts and executives. That didn't happen by accident. That happened because of very aggressive litigation on behalf of Dominion's lawyers. And it led, quite frankly, to a reckoning at Fox legals, at, 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 among Fox's legal staff, where they fired their last legal counsel because you don't, I mean, one of the things, and, you know, I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but one of the things that, that happens um, is the legal counsel for Fox News, this guy, Viet Din, who's in Los Angeles, who was a, a lawyer for the Justice Department for the George Bush administration. He's the godfather of, uh, of, of Lachlan Murdoch's child. Um, he had to testify. He was deposed in this case. That is so extraordinary and unusual that the legal counsel of a, a huge corporation is sitting for a deposition in a lawsuit. Like it's it's I I just can't stress how the, the the discovery has gone so much farther than Fox would have wanted it to go, mm-hmm. and it's complicated their case in in, in to a, to an incredible degree. Hmm. Well, Kirby writes, could you discuss the difference between malice and reckless disregard of truth? Yes. What is yes. required to prove each of these? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very very good question because. Malice requires getting inside someone's head. Reckless disregard, less so. So the perfect example is the email that Maria Bartiromo had from her uh, her source, Sidney Powell, who she put on the air. And, and Sidney Powell spewed all sorts of falsehoods. You know, re- And it's not enough 
to to find that Fox was defamatory to say that they put Sidney Powell on the air and she said crazy stuff. We know that um, the U.S. defamation law doesn't allow for you know a, a, a finding of liability because somebody said crazy stuff. What it does allow for is the that recklessness. And what you're, I think, what your caller is getting at is this: Maria Bartiromo had in her possession an email from Sidney Powell's source. This woman said she spoke with ghosts. She talked to the wind. That the wind told her she was decapitated. I mean, it's just it's it's utter nut jobbery. It's it's crazy stuff. And Maria Bartiromo had that email and she put that the, she put Sidney Powell on the air anyway, knowing that mm-hmm. this was Sidney Powell's source. I can't imagine that you, as the host of a show, would put me on the air if I had forwarded you an email like that saying, guess what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about what a woman who, t- you know, the, the information that a woman gave me. Uh, by the way, she talks about speaking to the wind and that she's a ghost and she's been decapitated. You would never do that. Yeah. And the fact that she still did and, and that she knew about this. Same thing with Dominion's claims that, hey, they sent emails showing how all these claims about Venezuela and all these other things were false. And even after they sent those emails, um, they still saw all of this being aired about them anyway. So presumably producers, at least, or executives knew uh, that what they were airing was being strongly challenged by evidence from Dominion as well. We are talking with Jeremy Peters from the New York Times, and you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Lots of other questions and points related to this case. Uh, just to read this listener's reflection, though, I listen to Forum regularly in Fox News frequently, as I like multiple news sources. Fox is providing me with many stories that are little covered in the mainstream media, such as the censoring of conservative voices, Hunter Biden's laptop, various inconsistencies and hypocrisies of Democratic leaders. While I think some of these stories are true, my problem with Fox is not really knowing to what extent I can believe them. I, I do think that, at the very least, one of this, what this does really show is that Fox thinks very little of their viewers if they don't think that if they're thinking one thing about the veracity of what they're hearing, but airing what they think viewers will gravitate to and what they want to hear, like like that their viewers can't handle the truth. Yeah. Um, And that's something that Fox is going to have to explain if their viewers know what's going on right now. Like, you know, you and I are having this very thoughtful discussion about what these emails say Fox producers knew. I don't know that that many Tucker Carlson viewers and Fox News viewers at large realize that this is what's happening. And Fox is not, let's not forget, they have been told they're not allowed to cover this on the air. Their own media correspondent, as I think uh, your last mm-hmm. guest, Sarah Olson, was talking about, has been saying he can't cover this. So as much as I would like to think that there would be some kind of reckoning that Tucker Carlson, you know, an individual who has said before that he thinks that hosts, you know, this is a, a, a CNBC interview from 
or C, uh, C-SPAN interview from years ago, that he thinks that hosts like Bill O'Reilly who are pretending, you know, are, are, are about to be discovered and they should lose their careers. Like, as much as I would like to think that they could be held accountable, the media ecosystem is so bifurcated right now that I don't know that they have any idea on Fox News what the viewers are watching, at least, is, is, is really going on here. Jeremy, what if... Fox wins and Dominion loses, that essentially a court mm. finds or a jury finds because yeah. it really only takes one juror potentially, that they did nothing wrong. What do you think the broader impact is of that? So I think there's going to be a real rethinking of defamation laws if that happens right now. You know, as as one of your callers pointed out, it's very difficult to prove defamation, right? You have to prove that someone knowingly lied or you have to prove that they were so reckless that they overlooked obvious truths. And that's really hard to do. I think that there's accountability that has to happen in the system um, that, you know, people will be crying out for, you know, beyond that, there's much more significance beyond, you know, a, 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 a verdict of liability here. Donald Trump and his supporters, with minimal exceptions, have never been held accountable for disseminating the kinds of lies that led to the violence on January 6th. You have a few, you know, some hooligans who've been tried and convicted, sure. Um, Donald Trump has gone through two impeachments. He's never been convicted. A special counsel investigation, he was never charged with anything. I think that the Fox News case offers the kind of, you know, it's the forum through which Trump's allies could finally be held accountable. I don't know that they will, but if they are, that's going to be the kind of justice I think that's eluded many, many people who've thought that Trump and his allies need to be held to account. Hmm. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. I'll read this last comment from Stephen, who says, I was so disappointed that my beloved sister, who is conservative, told me recently that she's no longer able to determine what is true in the political sphere. Jeremy Peters of the New York Times, who covers the media and its intersection with politics, culture, and law. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My thanks as well to Caroline Smith for producing today's segment and my thanks to our listeners for sharing their questions and their experiences, reflections and so on on this case, which is really calling into question media's obligation to the truth and the strength of our democracy. You are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.